this morning, we've obviously got a lot of prayer requests, and uh, what I want to talk about <clears throat> is our, is, is one, is God's plans in our lives, and two, our part to play where God has planted us. Now, one of the key scriptures that Rosie and I have lived with and believed in and try to put our lives into action is what we're all doing today here in the city. Each one of us has been called to a place. Cities are really important to God. You know, you look at in the Word of God, He moved people into cities. They were moved out and come back. They were moved into exile and then would come back. He rebuilt the city of Jerusalem. He rebuilt the walls of a city. You know, the cities are a hub and they're important to God. And actually He brings people into the cities. So wherever you are today, those that are listening online and for us here, we're obviously planted in Davao City for various journeys that we've all been in, we've all come together. And this is our call. God has a plan for your studies, for, your, for the workplace, for your studies. Our vision and our mission is to see this city alive for Christ. That's the bottom, right? So my point today is God has a plan for us. <clears throat> and that plan is very much involved in where he's planted us which for most of us, we're not living in the jungles, we're living in a city, right? So one of the scriptures I wanna start with today and just break down what that looks like is in Jeremiah chapter 29. And this is something that's very close to Rosie in my heart. It says this in Jeremiah 29 verse seven. And this is a, <clears throat> this is a word from the Lord. This is something that Jeremiah said, this is what is in God's heart. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Where I've sent you from where you've come from. The place where I planted you in. I want you to work for its peace and its prosperity of that city. Then the second half. Pray to the Lord for it. For its welfare. The care of that city. Right? will determine your welfare. So isn't it interesting that God in this, in this verse is saying, look, I want you to work for the peace and the prosperity of the city you're in. So what does that mean? God is basically saying, look, where I've planted you, don't look at it as a temporary measure. It's not like uh, the season in my studies right now, the season in my workplace right now, it's temporary. Later, I'm going to be going over there or there's going to be another land or village or a city I'll be moving to. No, God is saying you need to get stuck in, get deeply involved in where I've planted you. So wherever we are today, God is saying you need to work for its peace and its prosperity. Peace means, obviously, the, the, the Prince of Peace it's the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ in us, right? So when we work for the peace of a city, we need to find out, God, how can we bring your peace into the situation that I've been put into, where I need to work towards it? I can't think temporarily. Wherever you're at, be faithful. Wherever you're planted, go deep. Dwell in that place and work for its prosperity and its peace. And it says, then pray for it because its welfare, its its ability to, to do well, its ability to live and to prosper will determine yours. 
So a lot of people, when they when they go into a job or move to a place, or or they feel God has put something on their heart, they they look at everything temporarily, and they miss out on the welfare that God wanted for them that He has a plan for, because they didn't work towards its peace, and they didn't go at it with all of their heart, soul, and strength. They didn't go, you know what? Until God says otherwise, this is my job. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to check my city out, and I'm going to see where the peace of God is needed. I'm going to see where there is lack and need. Prosperity is in a whole number of ways, right? Wealth, it says in the Bible, you know, that godliness and contentment is of great wealth. So it's not just about money. It's not just about the poor and the needy. Like when we go out in our missions, it's not just because we can give out a love pack. We're giving something much deeper, which is representing Christ and saying God is more than enough. Godliness and contentment is of great wealth. That's the, that's the word of God. So it's like, hold up. So if I'm meant to bring the peace and prosperity, if I'm meant to work towards it, what does it mean to work? It means to labor. It means to, to plan. It means to put your back into it that we work hard and wherever God has planted you, you say, okay, I need to bring God's peace. I need to bring God's prosperity. True prosperity is actually godliness and contentment, right? In every situation that you're in, because then nothing will affect you because you've got that. Nobody can take that away because it was afforded to us through Jesus. So it changes the way we look at the situations we're in. That's what I want to challenge us with today is are we working towards peace and prosperity in our cities, in our neighborhoods, in our school, in our workplace? Because this is the hub for transformation. And it says, then pray for it. How often do we pray for our cities? This morning when I was just kind of mulling this over in my study, I was like, I need to pray for our president. I need to pray for our, you need to remember to pray for the leaders of our city, the community that we're in. You know, you may not agree with everything that happens around in your barangay and your chief and your captain. They may be ungodly in the way they act, but God says, pray for their welfare. Pray that they would be successful. Pray a blessing over them rather than a curse. If you have to walk around the neighborhood and say, God, I bless this municipality. I bless this office space. I bless these businesses. I bless these families. I bless these cab drivers. God says we need to work at it. That's part of our labor. Does that make sense? So when you're looking at your life right now, assess, am I living as a person who's looking to dwell by working towards peace and prosperity? Because I'm telling you, if you're a temporary mindset, you won't be looking for that because what's the point, right? I'm not going to receive any dividends from this. That's the, often the human mindset. I'm here for a season. I'm studying in university. I'm just going to get a, I'll, I'll just do enough just to kind of be there and get my, my qualifications and I'm out of here. God says, that's not the way I've called you to be. I want you to dwell in the workplace. I want you to dwell in the city. I want you to work to its peace and prosper. Like, you know, be a peacemaker, not just a peacekeeper. We know we've discussed this before. So where you see a lack of peace, ask the Lord for his wisdom. Pray. Say, God, how can I be a conduit, a vessel of peace and prosperity in that place? Maybe there's a brother or sister in your life who's who's totally wrapped up in trying to be successful because they have pressure. They're like, man, I need, to, I need to, to study more so that I can become a doctor or a nurse or whatever it is. And they have no contentment and they're not looking at godliness, true godliness. Maybe they're just a surface godliness and that's enough just to get them through. 
and it's just surface deep. God is saying, what are you doing towards working for the peace and prosperity of where I planted you? Cities are important to God's heart. They're really important because they're a place that's a hub. And from a city, all things flow out, right? So if you think about it, the best internet connections, what does that show you? Communication. The best flow of uh, business, you know, you've got transportation. What does that show you? Provision for those things that could provide for the needs of those that don't have. Just think about it. The best place for protection, you've got police and governing bodies that protect those that are um, being abused or in need, right? It all congregates in a city. So God is strategic in placing all of us in this city. Wherever we are at, whatever place you're in, understand that it is God that's called you there. It is God that will complete the work that he started in you. But it is up to us to determine whether we work with God or not. He says, you need to work. Don't just sit and be temporary and think, I've got, I'm looking towards the next bit. You can have vision for the future like we do. But our vision is encompassed, is, in, is, is, uh, is fully focused on how we can see this city transform for God's glory. It's still focused on where he's planted us. So if we want a warehouse, then we're believing for that warehouse so that it can be a place, a hub, an airport of God's presence and development and kingdom business to affect the city. So if you're in the school or in the workplace, ask God, how can I be invested in working towards that? Because the next verse that is super popular that everybody knows is Jeremiah 29 verse 11, right? And everybody quotes this because it feels great. And this is God saying, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, right? There are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. So you see, to me, that's God's heart. He says, I have plans for you. Plans not to harm you, but to give you a hope. Plans to prosper you. But guess what? That plan will only be fully brought to life when we do what he's asked us to do, which is to work for the peace and prosperity of the city, of the place that you're planted in. Otherwise, you're only going to get a partial um, fruit of what God has promised. So when you're not faithful in everything that God has called us into, it's difficult, right, to then see the full outworking of that in our lives today. Where he says, I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster. Everybody quotes that and says, I love that scripture. Right? But actually, when that happens, is only when we're obedient. Obedience releases the Lord's fullness of his plans. See, like a good father, you guide your children. You don't want to give them something too much at the beginning when they haven't quite built up the muscle or the ability or the skill set to handle it. Otherwise, they could get hurt, right? So God is saying, look, trust me. Trust in my plan. Trust in what I have in store for you. My plans are not going to harm you, but they're contingent on your obedience to do as I have called you to be. Don't live flighty and half. That's really what it is today. I want us to be fully engaged in what God has called us into and where he's placed us. If, because we can lose sight of that. We can start to look for prosperity for ourselves. We can look for welfare, like how can we care for ourselves more? It says in the scripture, for its welfare, the city that you're working towards will determine, like it will affect yours. 
So when we start to look at ourselves and not the place that God has placed us into, the people, the city, then we're losing sight of God's perfect plan. Because he says, if you would do this, then this plan, trust me, will come. And there are plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope for the future. Often what we do is we plan to prosper ourselves to plan for our own futures. God is saying, trust me, I have the master plan. I look to eternity. You know, and trust me in it. Be content where you're at. Remember, like I said, godliness with contentment is, great, is of great wealth. See, often when we're living in a place where we're half in and half out, it's because we're not content with what God has given us. And we're not fully working it out. Sai young, like shame, because you're going to miss out on the fullness of his plan. See, God constantly talks throughout Jeremiah about the city, the people of God, going into exile because they didn't obey. And then he, then he comes back and says, but I will be faithful. You are my children. I will call you back. I will help you to walk. See, God says, I have a plan. Trust in it. He says this later on in Jeremiah 31, um, uh, verse 3. Long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. God is calling us to be drawn to himself, not to ourselves today. So when we obey what he's called us, he's saying, don't follow your own self, follow me. Follow what I've said so that I can work out this plan. Because he says, look, you look at the uh, verse 8. He says, for I will bring them from the north and from the distant corners of the earth. God is saying there's people scattered everywhere. I want you to focus in on what I'm calling you to be. I'm going to bring you back to who you're meant to be. My children, my city on a hill, my light that's meant to shine. That's who we are. We are the church, right? It says, I will not forget the blind and the lame, the expectant mothers and the women in labor. A great company will return. So many times when we follow ourselves, we end up in this place where we feel blind where we feel like we're not able to run anymore. That's because we're not obeying God's word, right? We've kind of fallen off the path. We've, we've, we've not seen the signs. We haven't put guideposts in our lives to make sure that we come back to what he's called you to do. Instead of working for the city or the people God's called you to, we're working for ourselves. We've lost sight of that everlasting love that drew us to God. Let's say, look at this. Verse 9 of 31, tears of joy will stream down their faces. God is saying, look, when you come to me, this is going to be the result. And I will lead them home with great care. Where is home? Our true home is with Christ for eternity. See, that's the whole point of godliness with contentment where he's placed you today. When we understand that we're actually going to go home for eternity and have a relationship that goes on forever and ever then our perspective on wherever God places us, it doesn't matter. We just obey what He's called because He says, my plans are to prosper you. So if you're looking for prosperity, if you're looking for peace, this is the way to it, is that we live godly, true godliness with contentment in any place that God has called you to. And this is what He says here. Oftentimes when we get off the Word, we don't walk in peace. So many times Rose and I will talk to people and they're walking on terrible ground. You can see them stumbling everywhere in their lives. Their feet hurt, their head hurts, their body hurts. They're like, man, I have no peace. It's dry and it's weary. I have no joy. This is God says, look, if you will obey me, this is how you're going to walk. They will walk beside quiet streams. 
If you find yourself in a place where it's so noisy in your head, it's because you're living too temporary and you've focused on prosperity for yourself. You're looking at the circumstance and going, how can I make this better for myself? Rather than saying, God, ask him, how can I make your peace known and your prosperity in this place, your blessing? How can I pray for its welfare? Because I know when I focus on that, then my own welfare will be cared for in the place that you called me. Because you said you will make this plan to prosper me, not to harm me. Even though right now I feel like I'm being harmed. He says, they will walk beside quiet streams and on smooth paths they will not stumble. The key to success and walking at peace without stumbling is obedience. For I am Israel's father. He then makes it even more personal. I'm a father. I'm a good father. I want to give this to you because you're my son. You are the joy, the apple of my eye. You're, you're mine. Right? And then you carry on. It says this. Look, so God is saying, uh, he's in, in verse, uh, the end, the second half. Oh, no, verse 13 of chapter 31, Jeremiah 31. The young men and women will dance for joy and the men, old and young, will join in the celebration. So there's going to be a joy coming. See, if you're lacking in peace, joy, and you're chasing prosperity, this is the key. Godliness, true godliness with contentment where He's placed you because you know your home isn't here. Your home is with our Father in heaven for all of eternity. So therefore, all you got to do is obey and store up treasures for that place. Be faithful here because the prosperity will come. Don't worry about trying to make things work. You may have needs, all of us do. But say, okay God, if, you, if, it's, if it's welfare where I've been called into will determine mine, then the secret is not to focus on my welfare, but for its welfare. Because then it will take care of me. God will then make the overflow of His goodness and His provision come out by my obedience where He's placed me. Wherever you are, in the workplace, in a city, in a community, in a church, dwell faithfully, be content, and live godly. So he says this, I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and exchange their sorrow for rejoicing. You see, this is showing us two things. God's heart of what he wants to bring, but also the state of our minds and our hearts when we don't obey. You will walk with a mournful spirit. You will walk with a lack of joy. You will walk without comfort. And if any of us are feeling some of those things today, Understand that God is saying, I'm giving you a way out. I'm giving you a way to see the fulfillment of my plans by bringing you home from the exile, from that place where you have been walking in streams that are not refreshing. You've been walking in, 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 in polluted waters. Uh, you've been walking on soil that's got thorns and, and all kinds of nasty things that are attacking your heart and your mind. Come back to me. True joy is here. And then verse 21. This is uh, my final point for today. God is calling us to be vigilant, right? Because He knows that if we steer off this path, it's very easy because our flesh wants to, right? So we can easily lose sight of why we're here today, why we're in this city, why we're in Davao City, or whatever city God has called you into. So God is saying, this is what I want you to do. Verse 21 of chapter 31, he says this, set up road signs, 
put up guideposts. So a road sign tells you to either go left, right, straight, or go backwards, right? A road sign is a direction. And it says set up guideposts. What are guideposts? To tell you where not to go and where to go. Where to not overstep and to stay in your lane. Where has God called you? He's saying, I want you to set these up. My question is today, how, what are things that you're putting around your life to make sure that you have guideposts, protection? Like potentially if you know you're weak in a certain area in your mindset and you start to talk with people that are not godly and you know that your mind will drift into that type of thought process, what guideposts have you put and say, you know what, I got to make sure that if, if I end up in that scenario, I won't stay or I'm going to bring another believer with me so I have protection. A sign is like, okay, I'm going to make sure that these are my tests every day to make sure that I'm following the right sign. Am I seeing things in my life that show like, man, I'm losing my patience. I'm losing my peace in my scenario that I'm in. Or I'm ignoring uh, the, my conscience and I keep doing the same things. Those are signs that you need to be aware of and go, I need to watch. So my next question is, you know the old saying in school, right, Mike, where you say, stop, look, and listen. My final point is today, I, are you stopping to look at the signs and the guideposts around you? Are you stopping to listen to what God has called you to do? Stop, look, and listen so that you can return from a potential captivity of sin that you're in or the place that you've gone off the path of the Lord. And he's saying, come back, reset those signs. I'm giving you these signs. Our conscience comes from God. It's not even yours. He says, but if you dull it like an axe, it won't work. So those are signs that we need to be aware of and go, God, help me. That's where you welcome the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, guide me today. Highlight to me any area of my life where I've been working for my own welfare, where I've been chasing my own prosperity, when I've just been looking to myself, because actually my help doesn't come from me, it comes from the Lord. So if I then make it the other way and say, I'm going to work for the peace and prosperity around. So I'm looking out now like Jesus did. He looked out and he said, I'm going to die for you, you sinners. I'm coming for you. I'm going to bring you home with me. My love is going to draw you in. You're never going to know a love like this before. And when you experience me, that's it. You will be transformed. But we can get off the path. That's why he says, set up road signs and put up guideposts. There's a reason for that because we are like sheep that can wander off the path right? That's why it often talks in the Bible, there's some sheep that just got off again. Oh my goodness. There he goes, he's stuck. His head is in the ditch and he can't get his, his way out. Or he's stuck in a gully and it's not by the streams of nice flowing water and the smooth paths where they don't stumble. They're falling off the cliff edge because they got off the guided path. If you're feeling anything like that today and you're lacking in calm, in peace, and you're lacking in a joy, and you're just chasing some way to fix it yourself, God is saying, look, Come back. I'm calling you. I'm your father. My plans are good for you because I know you better than you know yourself. But you must, if you want to see the fulfillment of my plans, it comes, it's preceded by obedience. God obey and then go, okay, I'm going to trust you. Because obviously when you obey, you're trusting him. So I'm going to trust you with my future then. If, 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 if I need something, then I'm going to give towards those around me that God highlights. If I'm in need of comfort and love, then I'm going to give comfort and love to those that God brings into my life.
If you're in need of peace today, then be a peacemaker around you and say, I'm going to act as a true godliness in this situation. I'm not going to go into war. I'm going to be a peacemaker. I'm going to find a way to bring God glory in this situation. Because I know that in and through that humble obedience, I'm going to get my welfare. I'm going to get my care that I need. You see? So my question is, my last point, like I said, are you stopping, looking, and listening? Stop for a minute today. Check out where you've been placed. Ask God to open your eyes, your heart, your spiritual eyes, to see the signs around you to make sure that you're putting up the right guideposts. And if some of those guideposts have been knocked over because you've ignored them or you've got into a bad habit, then ask God to help you put them back up and say, be my guide, be my vision, be my hope, be my purpose. You know, and this will give us what? It says, mark well the path by which you came. Come back again, my virgin Israel, return to your towns there. God is saying, come back. Right? He says, you pure, when he says the word virgin, it's about you, you, are, you are pure when you're in me. If you feel today that you're, you're not walking pure in all, some areas of your life, God is saying, come back to me. Your purity is in me. Your hope is in me. So God guides us physically, and in our physical guidance, he's bringing us back into the right spiritual covenant that he's called us into. Can you see that? So God is very much interested in the physical that we're in, the city that we're called to. That's physical, right? There's, it's not pretend where you're at. Your workplace is a real deal. Your school situation is a real deal. Your family is a real deal. The city you're in, the village, the church you're in, real deal. You can touch it. You can feel it. You can smell it. So God is saying, stop, look, and listen. Open your eyes. Remember, listen to the Spirit and say, God, Am I working for its welfare? Am I working and praying for its welfare? Am I working towards this peace and prosperity? Because I know in doing that, your plans to prosper me and not to harm me will come to pass. Because you're a good father. Because I want to live fully in you. So where am I being disobedient? Bring me back, Holy Spirit. Forgive me. Where have I ignored the path, the guides? You know, God has spoken in dreams today, last night. What, is, what does that mean? What is the guideline? What is the sign that is showing you? Live aware. Don't just walk on mumbling along, going, well, I'm just going to carry on. At some point, this is going to get better. Instead, say, God, what are you trying to show me here? How can I be that person that works for the peace and the prosperity of those around me? And I pray for their welfare. So today, stop, look, and listen. And ask God, how can I be obedient to following your word today? Right? In every and any situation. Personal, private, and public. Right? This is all areas of life. This affects every facet of our lives. Because God is basically saying, how long, look at verse 22. How long will you wander, my wayward daughter? For the Lord will cause something new to happen. Israel will embrace her God. God is saying, how long do you want to keep wandering around? You know, often people say, when am I going to get a better answer to this problem? You're probably wandering. Come back to the truth. Stop, look, and listen. Say, God, help me. Help me to look not to myself, but to you. Amen.